Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Udang dhammang sanggang namasami So one of the difficulties both in experience and also even in the um, conceiving of practice is around the quality of effort. Because uh, you know, it, can, it can feel very forceful and strained. And then what we're really inclined towards is something more peaceful and, and also something that's not, it's quite natural, natural balance rather than something one's always trying to hold together and push around and and um, you know struggle with so sometimes people are you know maybe we better just make no effort you know all effort is is willful or egotistical or can't possibly get to the end of stress through through effort you know, because you always got this quality of push behind it. It's stressful in itself. Just kind of, you know, relax. Get relax. Um, actually, but actually, the English word effort, the very sound of it is. Is, is is a bit of a gasp actually. Your effort. <laughs> you feel tidy when you say it. <laughs> but there's a whole kind of moderation really that's re- required, which is some of it's just kind of like listening, you know, which requires a, a certain quality of application. So there are there are two. You know, principles. One is aim or sankapa. One is intent, volition, or chetana. And they, they refer to kind of different um, levels of the mind. So aim is much more kind of deliberate thing. It's really around three, three uh, ethical qualities: the aim towards um, non-harming, the aim towards on uh, cruelty or forcefulness or brutality and the aim towards um, non-aversion so sometimes it's metta, kindness, compassion and renunciation Uh, so non-harming, non-abuse and uh, letting go of sense desires being simple. 
So it's in a way these are kind of fundamental themes we sort of set up as we're, you know, everything we do really tries to cultivate that. So it requires a certain sense of precision. And uh, also you can recognize how, how that, that may be a broad aim, but but it, it fluctuates sometimes when it's irritable and the aim isn't actually um, not a not aversion, there's aversion in it, you know. So it's, it's quite a, when you look at it in detail, it, just try to keep coming back to that when it's angry with oneself, when we get harsh about ourselves, call ourselves names or abuse ourselves in various ways, belittle ourselves or belittle others, feel hopeless and so forth. So that it slips out, doesn't it, of something that's actually kind of supportive. So this is, if you like, almost a verbal level, you just talk, talk yourself back, now, come on, What's, what's happening? What are you doing? You know, let's start again. Let's you know, remember, recollect. And uh, in everything we do, intent is something that's less, um, less verbal. It's more like the very voltage or the energy of the of the mind of the heart. It's like the sense of the the push of it, whether it's very uh, got a lot of push or a lot of charge in it, its surge, or whether it's uh, you know weak or it's restricted, or whether it's very agitated, kind of flashing around. So it's if you like, it's much more energetic uh, than a psychological reference, volition. Naturally, you know. It, it can be directed in terms of, of you can have a very powerful quality of, of kindness, a very lot of charge in that, tremendously um, you know, far-reaching and extensive. Or it could be just something that's kind of quite mild and good nature, but is naturally got a lot of charge in it. It could be something that surges or something that's fairly steady. So you see that the intent is a, is a slightly different function and it gives the, if you like, the raw energy with which aims are carried out. And as, as, the, as we practice there, is that, you know, there's a kind of, the effort is required is to, is to keep establishing the right aim. And then actually, that's, if you like, the first level of effort is just to keep applying, bringing oneself back to that, carrying it through. And the second is much more quality of, of sort of like really feeling into and the energetic aspect of that, moderating it, calming it. So really the, the fundamental thing one does with intent is smooths it, calms it, settles it, you know, so that the energy becomes steady and uh, isn't snagging isn't surging isn't wild it's kind of steady and then it begins to suffuse it becomes something that's that's much more like a a overall radiance rather than a tremendous driving push or a or a something that sputters so then this is done through through more sort of meditation mindfulness and and uh, factors of samadhi and when the when the 
intent is settled uh, into then this is we call this a, a level levels of samadhi or jhana. <clears throat> intent is is Chaitanya is very much bound up with karma. The Buddha said that in Chaitanya intent is karma, volition is karma, that's the the raw material of it, that's the active force. And karma is carried in a bodily sense, in a verbal or conceptual sense, and an emotive sense. So you get a sense of that somebody you feel angry, your body kind of probably bristles and hardens, tightens up, gets ready to to fight or defend itself. So you get a bodily effect. The energy rushes in that particular way. You get a certain in, in emotional lift and you know gathering of energy, and probably the thinking mind becomes quite sharp or you know very pointed. So you can see this. This is there's a karma there. There's a particular action that leaves these effects, residues, in what in, in the here and now, bodily residues. And then maybe you start to come out of that, and you sort of wind down a bit, and then your bodily begins to relax, heart relaxes, thinking mind, you know, sort of totters around, and, blah, 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 and gradually that calms down too. <clears throat> but... Um, it's often the, the case it doesn't quite work. It, so in other words, it just doesn't switch off. It, it, it probably flares up and then it begins to abate. Mm. But it must, maybe doesn't completely abate. So there's a bit of grumbling going on in the, in the mind, the thinking. You know, and then we can think of something else and another thing. And you get angry again and it, all the thing picks up again. <laughs> yeah. So you get this kind of feedback loop between the the... The, these three strands of energies. Yeah. So when we're actually working on, on that, just leveling out intent, you've got to be very thorough and you know carry it through to the bodily sense, the emotive sense, and the verbal sense. And that. This is useful because it's the sense of discernment is to recognise it's not all quite gone yet. It's still still a bit there. Or it's still you know, it's still chafing or raw in that sense. So it's still a kind of nagging quality of that. This is particularly when we practice with the the clearing the mind of the hindrances and and uh, snags and defilements and so on. You know that it's not just so they're there and then they're not there. Generally, they're kind of they can be there and they begin to wane, and they come come up again, and they wane again. Then perhaps it stops, then it comes up, and it, you know it's a sort of oscillating process. And uh, it's often um, remixed. You can have a feeling of, of irritation with how 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 sleepy you are. 
You know, so you get one sense and another one around it, and that one hindrance, another one around it. You know, or you get a feeling of feeling totally fed up and with it all, or you get a sense of deep doubt about, I, I can't really, I can't, you know, I'm just still stuck in this stupid, you know, sense desire that I've been trying to work with for years or whatever. You know, I'm still tense or uptight. And so you get, one gets a sense of doubt or despair. So you get hindrances with other hindrances sitting on top of them. You get kind of hindrance cocktails. And uh, so, <laughs> then you, you know, what do you do with that? Uh, so very often the, the uh, first thing is you just go to the, the general overall sense of, uh, you have to kind of unpeel it. You know, the first thing is perhaps the sense of, I'm sick of this, I'm tired of it, I'm stuck with this, I am this. You know, the identification and, the, and whatever really makes it feel yours, the stuck bit, the really, that's the, the peel. Yeah. So this is what uh, the role of panya or discernment is to, is, to, is to see there are different levels, it's a kind of discriminating attention. So for that moment we're actually studying hindrances and difficulties rather than just getting, um, um, you know, reacting to them or getting involved with them. So interesting enough, one way to not, you know, to be lost in them is to study them. You know, you make a determination to what actually happens, what goes on, what is the bodily effect of this particular experience. Which, you know, we may not, rem- we may not we may think we shouldn't have the experience in the first place, so it's just, you don't want it. But, but yeah, that's the aim. But the process is, you can try, try just letting go of it or stopping it, but then maybe, you know, it's necessary to really, say, investigate how does it work. And then you into really looking at the energies and the, the topics that, that hindrances are made up of. When we begin to let go of the topics, that is the, the histories, the stories, the um, pictures. And the hindrance is just the kind of nagging energy. You know, so and then you can start to feel it in your body. You feel what it does. Even when you're just coming out of, a, of, a, of it, Wow, where have I been? You find you kind of your head slightly bowed forward, your face feels kind of puckered, eyes have sunk into your head, chest has sunk, your stomach feels tight. You come out, wow, where have I been? And you know, it's like getting your body back. You come out of this hindrance, actually, it's like some virus, and it 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 it, it holds it kind of holds the 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 body energy, so your body begins to pucker and will under the effect of these things. Or flare, you know, so you feel really tight and, uh, st- and stressed in that way. So the thing, the thing grips you. So it's actually, you know, getting your body back, by which mean, I mean getting the, the, the body energy to kind of settle and be balanced again. So first we may very well begin to recognize that hindrance has this effect on the body. So interesting that then there's no particular, you know, stories or judgments 
about why and me and should and shouldn't. It's just, you're in this, right? Now, this is stress, this is suffering, this is uncomfortable. Now, where's, where does it feel comfortable? How do you get, well, if I release my shoulders, loosen my arms, straighten the back, take a deep breath down, oh, you know, that feels more comfortable, and you feel that the, it actually cleans out the hindrance. There's something like, like that is one way which one can work. The stuckness of it, the pressure of it. And when you unpeel it like that, it's, uh, and you just regain your body, then sometimes that's all that's necessary to to come out of the influence, come out of the hypnosis of, of worry, ill will, uh, you know, anxieties, mm, restless agitation. And the, the, uh, the quality of panya, discernment, to really sense and peel off that hindrance coming back to the to a, to a proper state where the mind feels rested and balanced then the you re- recognize then of course the sense of effort is no longer changes you don't actually have to do so much then you're just more or less just monitoring then the intent can calm down and take a and rest becomes quieter so effort is not is not a, a blind bludgeoning kind of effort it's a, it's a fine thing and it's, an effort is moderated by wisdom and by mindfulness in other words mindfulness you're applying it very much in the present moment in that sense of it rather than the sense of I am and always will be or how long I've had this. So that, that means that, you, you, that helps to also come out of the kind of stuck attitudes we have. So it doesn't matter how many times, you know, one, one experiences that every time. It's just, okay, this is the, like the first time and how do you come out of it? Because if you create history around it, then that has an effect. Hmm? That has an effect on the heart. It gives a sense of permanence and weariness. And that, that affects the heart energy. And you, you get the sense of there's no longer the, the clarity or the brightness of effort, to, of intent to work with it. You always, always feel a bit hopeless or doomed, you know.
along with uh, mindfulness and other thing that comes in the general category of discernment, or wisdom, panya, is the quality of, of uh, full awareness, sampajanya, which means it's something more receptive. So you, you really, it's like in amplifying one's ability to really notice what's going on. So you're feeling the dwindling of a, of a sense of, of intensity or stuckness and you notice the quality of the dwindling. So it's rarely that the hindrance is there and then it's not there. It's generally it ebbs and it flows. It becomes strong and intense and it begins to wane. And it's important to, to sense the waning of that because that means you, you're, in, you're, you're integrating the cessation of suffering into your experience. Mm. This is because the uh, whole practice of, of samadhi is very much about um, integrating and unifying your energies in your intent. So for example, if we kind of are working on a particular, you've got a particular problem, anxiety or worry, Restlessness in the mind. And you don't notice that it's dwindling. You're still kind of trying to get rid of something that actually isn't there anymore. So this is where the effort goes wrong. You know, one, is, one has got this ideology of, well, a lot of effort's needed. You've got to make a lot of effort, really push for it. Flash those things out, get through this, get past this. And that means that your, your, your aim gets focused in that particular way. So you've got this kind of, you don't notice it isn't there. So it's like you're punching thin air. Um, and what you're left with is a, is a sense of, of uh, you know, intensity or powerful push. But actually there isn't, right now, the only problem is that very sense of powerful push or the sense you've got to get something, or to get something going. So your one's intent in practice has to moderate in accordance with what's really suitable or necessary. Sometimes it seems to require quite a lot of, of stamina and persistence, and sometimes it's something that's just much gentler. We have a whole range of energy. Rather like um, you know, you know you, you've got a stream. The energy is like a stream. It's got obstacles in it, boulders and rocks and so forth. So it's not running. You want it to run pure and clear. So you start pushing the boulders out, and you put push the boulder out, and it's still got some smaller stuff in it. And you, if you you go in and you start kind of churning it all up to get get these smaller things out the very quality of the effort that you're putting in disturbs and churns up the stream when maybe all one needs to do is to go quite gently and just take a little bit out or, or even just step back and wait for things to be flushed out or washed out so that's, that's the quality, that's how you, you, know, you need to moderate 
the practice, moderate the the quality of intent, the amount of energy you put into it. And it's not isn't something you do consciously. It's done through just through the process of mindfulness and full awareness. That is by actually feeling, directly feeling energetically the heaviness or the dwindling, then there's a corresponding uh, meeting of that. So one finds that, you know, when things, you haven't got a lot of, of push going when it's not necessary, so the mind begins to settle. There's a famous um, simile that's used in, in the scriptures, a simile of the goldsmith, someone who's, when they're getting rough ore, gold ore, and they're trying to make um, a fine brooch or necklace from it, then they take the, this rough ore and they put it in a crucible and they fire it up and they fan it and blow on it to get the heat in there. And then they throw water on it so that the, the dross uh, crystallizes or coagulates and they skim it off. And they keep doing that. There's less and less impurity on it. So they put less and less heat into it. It doesn't need to be fired up. It doesn't need to be sprinkled. It's just the finer things that can be gently skimmed off. And there's a time when one just looks on with alertness, with equanimity, just watching, supervising it, just letting the process um, take take shape. So there's a whole changing of of the amount of energy that we put into the into that process. Mm-hmm. And that has effects because the the energy of intent is is karma and it leaves traces. Yeah. So if it's always very if you've got a lot of push in it, then you have traces that then become problematic. Yeah. So it's a matter of really, really meeting the hindrances energetically, and rather like you're, you're just pushing it or holding it, and as it begins to die down or calm down, then you stay with that, you feed it out, and it comes to rest. It rests. It's like just letting the mind work onto the, the quality of the energy of a hindrance. And noticing when it's not present. So then your, your mind, your mindfulness, your attention is still there in the, in the quality of the heart, the quality of the body, and you're noticing there's only a little bit left. There is some trace, maybe the trace may be one of a, a sense of uh, uncertainty. Am I all right? Is it, how is it now? You know, so there's a little trace or some anxiety. When's the next thing going to happen? You know, how long is this going to go on for? Or a trace of dullness. Oh, that's the end of that. You know, so you get these of smaller traces left and then staying with that the subtlety of it
noticing when it's time to work and noticing when it's time when it, the re- rest occurs and yet rest still requires we might say it still requires a kind of an effort in in the ultimate sense just like listening requires effort you have to you know cock an ear and tune in and be with it but there's no there's nothing more than that and yet that is still in the in the Buddhist sense of the word still a kind of uh, an intent hmm. watchfulness <coughs> vigilance mindfulness full awareness matching or meeting the the hindrances So when we come to something like um, restlessness and worry, which is an agitated um, sort of spinning energy, then you don't, isn't something you put a lot of force into. Mostly what's required for that is a a simple um, relaxing, like a, a simple comforting. Yeah. So uh, how do you meet how do you meet that? How do you meet restlessness? Mm. And with all these things it's a matter of, of really translating it into stress and, and once it comes down into into just the sense of the the stressing, the, the tide tightening up or the agitation, the energy, and even um, talking to it or, or imagining it, what does it feel like? Then you begin to find that a response comes up that is is non-ideological. It's kind of intuitive. Oh, I just need to take it a bit slower. <laughs> you know, oh, you know, you didn't realise you knew that. Uh, and that's <coughs> quite. There's, so there's a lot of um, uh, knowledge. Jnana, wisdom in that sense arises from recognizing there is this um, pragmatic or what's called satipanya, the the sort of sensitivity or discernment that arises directly from mindfulness rather than from a good intention or a good idea, but just from actually meeting the difficulty that we're experiencing. When we're in, in a uh, dullness, state of dullness or uh, uh, drowsiness or sleepiness, then, I, you know, as an idea, we might think, well, we need to buck up, wake up, pull yourself together, get going, you know, snap out of it. This is, this is wrong, therefore the, the opposite is right. You know, so. But uh, coming out of dullness and sleepiness, I mean, if you could... If you had that kind of energy, you wouldn't be dull and sleepy. <laughs> you know, it's often the sense is that the energy is low. So, how do you come out of that? It's just, say, taking something quite steady, slow, and feeling the sense of of being, um, cl- the skin around your face. I'm just trying to feel it a little more fully. What points in the body? You know, being very patient with it, rather than the kind of, you know, 
anger, irritation, it's, it's wrong, I want it to be right. It's like this, I want it to be another way. And that's not meeting it. I like, that's like standing on the, on the, in the field of right and shouting into the field of wrong. Hey, you, come over here. <laughs> and it's a, you know, rather than, well, we, we have to find a way to kind of actually touch and, and then in, encourage. We can come this way. This way feels better. So, you know, we're looking more at stress and, and release from stress or discomfort and release from discomfort or suffering and release from suffering rather than wrong and right. That's the meeting place. So it requires a kind of sense of objectivity and, and care and concern. Oh, this doesn't feel so good. You know. Where is the... So you just move around in your body. Okay, let's place more attention in the throat or the face, or the back, the stomach, you know, wherever you're just moving around, finding some place that feels a little clearer and, and beginning there. <coughs> and then where well, you can use uh, posture or breathing. <coughs> just deepening the breathing. Letting, bring, bringing your awareness of breathing, noticing how it affects the chest or the abdomen or the face. So then you actually it's breathing in and out through the hindrance. It's because the hindrances tend to affect the breathing, the breathing energy. Mm. It's the it's the um, the energy channel of the body is very much associated with breathing. So when we're in a hindrance then the breathing is in some way cramped or um, erratic. Because when you when you're sleepy, it goes very slow and, and shallow. <coughs> when you feel angry, it tends to be constricted, held, fought, tight, stomach tightens up. And so it, it fluctuates a lot. So it's deeply breathing. Uh, which is not a, it's not a force push thing. It's a thing that trying to bring us back to wholeness from the impaired, constricted state. So when you, you relate to hindrances like this, it's much more from the direct experience of the suffering and the limitations you're experiencing and then the, the intent is based on, well, you know, this, this feels bad. Let's try and, you know, what would actually make this being feel better rather than aversion or frustration. And hindrances actually teach us a lot of good things when you learn to meet them. <clears throat> They're almost um, um, like a sparring partner. You know, if you want to be a boxer, then you, you, know, you, you need someone who's going to challenge you and teach you how to keep your guard up, teach you how to duck and weave, teach you to, back to, use your, to focus on your footwork so you're not just standing there lamely slugging it out. <laughs> the hindrances are like that, they're a good coach. 
they put you through your paces. So you just can't go in there kind of with a with a blind or, or ideological, just thrash it out a few left hooks. You know? You've got to learn how to do the whole bit and the legwork, ducking, weaving, how to hang back on the ropes, how to avoid the 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 uppercuts. Uh, yeah. And to defend yourself. So there's a lot, uh, and you, you don't learn these things in the book, you learn them in the ring, uh, in the hindrances, and you come out a lot fitter. So rather than seeing them as a, some kind of drastic failure, see them in that way. This is something that's going to teach you how to, how to shape up, how to get fitter, how to get more dexterous. <coughs> One thing that uh, is abandoned, first of all, is, is uh, judgment. You know, that's got to go out. No point just uh, complaining about the sparring partner. <laughs> Ticking you off. <laughs> you, know, you shouldn't be here. You do that if you whack in the midriff. <laughs> so the, the judgments uh, and the... Uh, complaining or the self-pity you know, or the doubt and this is just making it worse so we need to learn to we've got to, and then we learn how to actually you know, meet this stuff Another thing that goes out is the sense of um, personality has to go out, the belief in, in the idea of yourself. Because <coughs> that gets in the way. Take all these things personally, it just ends in a, a, a like nightmare of, um, of fear and, and despair. Or denial. Mm-hmm. Amazing number of people who never seem to actually acknowledge there's any suffering going on in their minds. So yeah, we come out of that, and you begin to get a sense much more of, of um, com- real kitchen sink compassion. It's not, I- not ideal, not idealistic. It's pragmatic. And you get in touch with uh, the energies, systems, the way the body and the mind, thinking, uh, affect each other, and how they, they, how they work. It tend, tends to begin with the body, where it may start with a thought, it actually picks up a body energy, that's the motor of it, and then the heart magnifies, amplifies, reacts to that. So you get a whole kind of ricochet effect. You feel a particular sense, uh, worry or doubt, and the heart feels that and it gets, gets irritable with that or it, it kind of big, makes a big picture out of it. I'm always this way. It amplifies it. The thinking mind cluck, clucks and fusses away. Either uh, why it shouldn't be there or 
or, or gets involved with it. And then you, you come first of all to the, the recognizing that, so, and then you come to the bodily sense, re- regaining your body, and there's probably still heart effects. So you're going to regain the heart and let the thinking quieten down. It's rather like when someone comes out of sh- shock. You know, you can see they've got, got tensed up, they look shaky, <coughs> the blood drains in their face, they go quiet, they start saying things, you just just sit down, have a cup of tea, sweet tea, and you see the, first of all the body begins to come out, and then it's just the heart and the, and the, the words, and the eyes sort of moving, and then finally the heart begins to relax, and the the um, verbal stuff ceases. So it goes body, heart, and verbal, like that. So you can't really, you can be aware that sometimes it's actually it's finished, but you're still thinking that you've got it. You know, it hasn't quite left the, the, the thinking mind. It's still kind of a trace up there. One's still got the idea that one has that. So then you can reintroduce the whole thing again because it, it, you have to actually fully acknowledge it's not there, or it's absent, or to the degree to which it is present. This isn't a mathematical thing, it's just noticing, oh, it's relaxing now, and really taking that in so that you're, you're almost integrating that, that sense of the dwindling of the hindrance so you can feel and tune in to the relaxing or the brightening that occurs you tune into that you pick that up you pick up the quality of confidence or ease that comes with the dwindling of hindrance and it's that quality that if you like just cleans the last residues you see you feel good about yourself there's not a lingering sense of wow, I've really got a lot of stuff to work with. You clean out the last bit. It's like polishing, finishing off the, 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 the clearing process. So then you come into the fullness and you know the fullness and you can admire and enjoy the fullness. And then that acts as the, as the, the immune system Thing that protects you from further hindrances, further uh, outbreaks. If you don't do that full acknowledging, the, 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 mind, the thinking mind and the heart haven't fully come out of the cramping effects. They're just, oh yeah, well, finish with that, oh, I feel a bit this way, and I wonder what's going to happen. I suppose it. You know, it doesn't really fully brighten up. So then it it becomes something where hindrances can take hold again. You don't really know the ending of it. With the ending of it, then there is, it's like there there isn't really that sense of person. It's just the, the brightness of the mind. And uh, that's one of the uh, 
ways you you can acknowledge the process. That is, as the hindrance hindrances begin to wane, then the waning continues. The real sign of the absence of it is the the thinking energy stops. It goes quiet and it stops. There's nothing to nothing to say. You're just in a state of enjoyment. Nothing to say. So if there's still something being said or half said or muttered, which you haven't finished, quite cleaned out, fully integrated, the process in the process. And that last bit is often, if we leave the the the, the crumbs and the and these residues, it's rather like you, you've kind of, you know got rid of most of the disease but you're still left a trace and it comes back in again so it's to and that thoroughness is not a uh, kind of a a pushing energy it's so much a a cleansing thorough scanning and enjoyment quality the ending of the hindrance is done through enjoyment which is uh, you know a particular is it means that some of the, the effort um, ends in enjoyment. Thank <laughs> you.